They're counting me down and I'm already laughing because uh, there's a lot to talk about. And we have fun over here, just just so you, uh, we're clear. We have a lot of fun on this show. Um, there's a lot of stuff that, that I, I actually think that we might start to I- integrate some of um, my producer's uh, ability to perfectly impersonate David Beckham because it's pretty good. And he always gets me laughing. Uh, but I, look, I, I don't know where to start. Uh, welcome to the program. This is the Blue Wire Studios located in the Wynn Hotel Resort and Casino in wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada. Over 70 degrees, folks. It's starting. It's starting. And I actually said this to my wife yesterday. I'm like, hey, that whole spring cleaning thing, for whatever reason, is taking on a whole new meaning this year. Look at our house. Oh, my God. We got to get all of the, uh, the containers out. Uh, that the cold clothes, uh, you know, that the kids, their their closets are littered with sweats and jackets and scarves that uh, we don't need them anymore. It's turned the corner here in Las Vegas. We are um, in the 70s, 79 degrees yesterday. Just watching all the wonderful people as they mosey through this wonderful uh, hotel. Um, it is uh, it is a good time to be in, in Las Vegas. Now, it is uh, clearly... I, I I would be remiss today or yesterday. The the news was announced that my friend Jesse Marsh is the new manager of Leeds. Now, if you caught his press conference today, uh, and I would encourage you to do that. I retweeted it on uh, Eric Winalda, um at Eric Winalda on, on Twitter. I, I would really and look for a little check mark because that that's me. There's a couple of me. I, I've noticed this lately. I didn't realize this. There is a a, a drunk Winalda, a sober Winalda. Uh, a, a a whole bunch. There's another Eric Winalda with a K. It's crazy. People out there just uh, putting out some stuff that that you know. I don't really I don't really care. I don't give a damn. But um, I think it's funny that I have actually a drunk and a sober Winalda, which gives the impression that I might be a drunk, which I am not. I remember when Grant Wall once said uh, on Twitter to everybody, "Hey, no drunk tweeting," and I and I thought, you know, that was out of line. I'm sitting here right now, right now. I take a picture. I'm drinking some Perrier water, uh, trying to get through my day. All right, but Jesse Marsh, he is now the uh, manager of Leeds. Now, for, for Americans, um, we need to understand what a huge, massive club Leeds is. Marcelo Bielsa has been in charge uh, and for the last couple of years, and it really was truly an amazing transition. And for those of you who are unaware of who Marcelo Bielsa is. He's everybody's mentor. Anybody that knows anything or wants to, to try and think about this game in a complicated or an, and or an advanced level, uh, he is the professor. And he has introduced so many different aspects of the game um, that, that many other managers wouldn't even have fortitude to actually look for. You, you can be so... Uh, overdone in this job. I mean, this is this this job can consume you and you, you run out of time in the day, but it doesn't seem like uh, Marcelo Bielsa ever did. He was constantly coming up with, with new different versions of, of methodology that we were all as coaches paying attention to because it was so interesting. I mean, I, there was a story that was told by one of the um, uh, instructors here in the United States, a Belgian guy named uh, P- uh, Barry Pauls, who's a wonderful man. And we were all sold as candidates for this course to put together our list of principles uh, when, it, when it comes to various parts of the game. And mainly, if we're, if we're talking in, in technical terms, 
those are really the transitional moments from offense to defense, defense to offense, when you have the ball and when you don't have the ball. Those are the four distinct uh, versions of, of, you know, the phases of the game. Not Bielsa. Bielsa had it broken down to about 64 versions of the game. And how each one of those versions of the game, so to, to give you an idea, you could just say, you know, in a blanket statement, you know, transitional moments, offensive defense. Bielsa is the guy that says, where? Which part of the field? Is, does a left-footed player have the ball or does a right-footed player have the ball? Does the goalkeeper have the ball? Is it in the middle of the field? Where, where did it happen? How did it happen? Was the ball bouncing? Was the ball in the air? He breaks the game down into so many pieces that he's hard to stay with. He really, really is. It's a throw in on the left side. Okay, what, what player is throwing the ball in? I mean, it's just the questions that he asks and the way that he prepares his teams always, it, it can be overwhelming. From the players that are on the inside that have been coached by him, coaches are fascinated by him. Because all we want to know is how do we simplify this for our players so they understand what the hell I'm talking about. Not only did Bielsa complicate the hell out of the game, but he did it through translators. So there were some good moments and some bad moments. You'd see three threes, you'd see four threes, and then you'd see a five nothing loss, and then you'd see a three nothing win, and then you know it was all over the place. And he had that just just that you know that demeanor and the way that he is, uh, and so I think truly Leeds should ever for forever be indebted to what Marcelo Bielsa gave them. And that is a chance to, to play a top flight football once again, to get them there in the first place. It's a different, maybe almost, I guess you could say an unconventional way or a non-conventional. I don't know how you want to put that, but because it was so complicated, there was a lot of uh, original hesitation, like, oh my God, is this going to work? But actually when they were promoted and, and some of the moments that, that I remember, uh, it's the very human moments uh, with Bielsa getting out of a car just to go over and hug uh, a supporter that he had seen a few times. Didn't realize that the woman had supported the club through good times and bad for 20 years, but just made his way through a crowd just to give her a hug. I, I love stuff like that. And, it, and to go back to Jesse Marsh, who has to fill these shoes, his press conference today was wonderful. And I and I and I'm, let me let me detail it for you because there's a couple of things that I thought he diffused magnificently, and the first one was the Ted Lasso question. He simply said, "I haven't watched the program, but I'm sure there's a stigma attached to this, and I'm, and Ted Lasso isn't helping. But I haven't watched the program. Just by saying that, made that bubble float away." Like as if to say, yeah, I know, yeah, I don't pay attention to that kind of crap. Not to say that crap, it's crap. It's just to say, because I liked the Ted Lasso. I watched it. I saw it. I get it. It is, it is making fun of Americans, big time. And there's a lot of connective things that happen. And, you know, he gets a divorce, uh, his relationships with the people that he works with, the, 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 how, they, the, how he grew into the role. Even though they failed, he ends up, you know, really winning everybody over. And it makes you really want to know what the hell he was baking and giving the owner, uh, the owner's wife. Because those even look good. They came in the little pink box. I mean, it's little things like that. So there, there might be a perception of what Americans are like. And let's keep this in mind. There's only three Americans that have ever managed in, in, in uh, the EPL. And that's Bob Bradley, uh, David Wagner. I say Wagner, it's Wagner. 
and now Jesse Mars. And David and, and Bob have no connection to each other, but there's a very strong connection to Bob Bradley and Jesse Mars. Not only was he his assistant, went to Princeton. These guys have known each other a long time. So it's, it's really interesting that two of the three, one earned his way through uh, Huddlesfield and, and the, the uh, promotion, but two of the three are basically the same ideology and the same agent. Jesse's path clearly is different. Uh, if you might remember way back to Montreal was, I think, the origin of this, to Chivas USA. Uh, then on his way to New York, uh, which, which you could say was a success story. And then that was the connection to, um, well, unfortunately, we lost Gerard Houllier. And if you remember when, when Gerard Houllier died, it was a very emotional moment for Jesse Marsh because that really was the beginning of it. Houllier believed in Jesse Marsh, and he put him in a spot uh, with Red Bull and the blanket company that they are uh, to introduce him to the Ralph Reinicks of the world and give him the opportunity to sit on the bench with Leipzig for a, a, a good stint, to bring his assistants over. Um, and that was Dennis Hamlet and Chris Armas to sit on the bench, to learn a, a, a different way of doing things. And there really is a set way and an ideology of how Red Bull does things. Salzburg was a wonderful opportunity for for Jesse Marsh. And you could, you could clearly call that a success story with the players that he brought in, with the players that he sold, the business that was handled, and the results and the trophies. And that turned into an opportunity to go to Leipzig. They thought he was ready. He wasn't. That's okay. You know, that's, you know, that's sometimes that happens. It wasn't a good fit. And I love, and this is the second point of diffusing the Ted Lasso thing, but also diffusing the hesitation of why was it such a short stint in Leipzig? And Jesse's answers were clean. They were direct. And they, they basically, it wasn't an excuse. It didn't sound like an excuse. It just was, it just, look, the pandemic didn't help. And these, these, this is the reason why this team faltered. But to also, to, to also somehow tackle the idea of I'm going to replace a living legend. And you could say that there's several other places that he has been where he's taken the shoes of, of a very accomplished, uh, accomplished manager. And, you know, to, to, to be able to answer those questions about uh, Marcelo Bielsa was, was very intelligently done with all, res all the respect in the world. But at the end, alluding to the idea that it, it, it really, it, he didn't like to see his time in that way alluded to the fact that when he, when he had his first conversation with Victor, he basically said, I think Marcelo can, can finish the season. Now, the reason why that's a, that's a smart thing to say in the media is not you're the good guy. You weren't backstabbing your way into this job. But those conversations, were it was a very transparent, open way of addressing a very, what could have been a very hostile Group. And the questions that came his way, he, he, he handled all. I'd encourage all of you to listen to him. But congratulations to my friend, Jesse Marsh. And good luck. Good Lord. That's a tough spot to be in. It's a, it's, you know, it, it, but the way he addressed that as well, if that's point four, understanding that there's 12 games left, understanding that this is about getting people healthy and, 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 and back on the field. That maybe some guys have been overloaded. 
understanding that you're getting some important pieces to your team back, alluding to the fact that you've already had sit-down conversations with some of the integral part of the players, I mean, an integral part of the team. Dallas, for example. Smart to address that. And, I, and you know, what was interesting also is to see the reaction to uh, a lot of the, the, the fan base that basically came back and said, you know what, this guy might be all right. This dude might be a guy that's going to help us. So all those, those haters that were saying, oh, good God, Ted Lasso, ha, 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 are now saying, well, okay, this is a, a guy that's going to work tirelessly for this, for this club. He has ideas that he wants to share. He understands that he can't overcomplicate it immediately. He has to simplify it, get these guys healthy and happy, and get points. It's about points. And, and guess what, folks? It doesn't matter how. Gotta get, you you got to figure out ways to win. And tie. It's not about playing well. It's not about pretty. But it is, you know, and, and I think he alluded to that as well. He said, we get into June and July, already talking about the future, already having the confidence to say, the plan is this. Let's hope we get there. But when we get in the summer, we're going to start getting a little bit more integral about how we want to address this. Amazing stuff. Again, I think it's the third time, but I'll do it again. Congratulations, Jesse, and good luck. All right, the other um, big uh, news coming out of England is Roman Abramovich is to sell Chelsea after uh, being in charge. We're coming up on 20 years now. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, with everything going on uh, with Russia and, and Ukraine, there's a, there's a lot of business that, that have, have been shut down. There's a lot of trade that has been shut down. And they, unfortunately, uh, Roman Abramovich He's had, I think, a few too many lunches and dinners with, uh, with Putin. And, and it is almost to get ahead of it to basically say, um, they're, they're going to take it away from you anyway. So he put it into the, the hands of his trustees, and then now I'm going to sell this thing. What I really thought was interesting is vowing to give that money the proceeds to the, to the, the, the sale of this club to the people of Ukraine. Now that's right there. You can view this in a, in a couple of different ways. This guy has a lot of money that really doesn't, you know, doesn't care. He doesn't have to do that. And he has been defended by numerous people, whether it be Frank Lampard or John Terry, or Drogba, the guys that, that, that really were a part of the heyday uh, years back were, were, saying, look, this is, a, this is a good man. Does that prove that he's a good man? To basically say, I'm going to sell this thing for a couple billion and give it all to the people that have been affected by this war that I don't agree with? Have I had my picture taken with, with Putin a few times? Doesn't everybody look at me as you know just another Russian guy that owns a soccer team and has a billion-dollar yacht? Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. And you got your, your fair share of haters, but I'll tell you what. If there ever was the right thing to do, that would be it. And it, and it, it might also be, and, and look, it, it's, as much attention as, that he grabs and as much success that he has had through pouring money into this club. I mean, the Chelsea supporters know that things are going to change. It's going to be very different without him. He created a culture there. And he's trying to disassociate himself with this stereotypical belief that he's just another Russian billionaire that doesn't care about human life. 
He has had Ukraine players, Ukrainian players under his watch. He's employed them. And I think that this, to me, ultimately will be a better legacy than two Champions League titles, five Premier League titles, two Europa Leagues, three League Cups, five FA Cups, one UEFA Super Cup, and now one Club World Cup. It's almost like once you got that one Club World Cup, he checked the last box and he just said, peace out. Maybe. 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 Most billionaires don't look that tired all the time. You ever, you ever seen pictures of this guy? He cares. And, I, and he's clearly proving that now. And so the, the football club loses, I, I would still say, a man that's about to prove his greatness in a different way. He can't do anything about the association that he has with the country. And a man that's doing horrible things right now. But if you're going to leave, that's one hell of a way to leave. So I'll, I will say this. Thank you for your contributions, Roman. You are a man that, that uh, in, in, in my circle of friends, have over, always proven to be a caring man. And you were very good to people. And this, this idea that you will, you will donate all the proceeds to the people affected by the war in Ukraine, I can't help but, but, I can't help but love you for that because that, that shows you do care. And, and there's people that are needlessly losing their lives. And there's people that, will, that no amount of money will ever change the losses that they've endured. However, some people might say, hey, nice try, buddy. I know you're rich and you're just giving some money away and it doesn't affect you. You didn't have to do it, folks. You didn't. You didn't have to. So things are going to change at Chelsea. And with everything going on at Newcastle, and that's the way the world works, that could be the new Chelsea. Let's pay attention to that. All right. Um, some other news from Major League Soccer. Uh, we, you know, I, I wasn't sure if this was going to happen, but Hector Herrera. Uh, who's going to be on his way to Houston Dynamo. That's the, that's the reports. It looks like it, it will be a free transfer. He's 31 now. And, um, you know, he, we remember when he broke into the professional ranks, and that would be Liga MX. That's, that's, that's going to be 12 years ago. I think Pachuca might have been his starting point. But uh, went to Porto. I think he went for a pretty big number. It wasn't 10 million. I made just around that. And then, Eventually made his way out to uh, Atletico Madrid, winning, winning the league, actually. So, I mean, you know, it's part of me, you know, we're talking about Roman Abramovich has won it all and basically is stepping away. This might have something to do with it when it comes to Herrera. Herrera. He's quite a villain, you know, it's... It's, uh, he's a guy that uh, is not afraid and he's a, he's a patriot, you know, all the way through. He's going to, you know, he's, he's a proud Mexican. I love those guys. I love, I love playing against those guys because they were so proud. To be honest, it makes it, it, makes it better when you beat them. But this is a guy that, that has, he's got that villain tag, but that's, that's the kind of player. If you're, if you're you know, Mendelssohn and, and Mendelssohn, sorry, and, uh, 
Pat Onstad. That's that's the kind of guy you can you can really build your team around. He comes from a fighting mentality. And he's just participated in a team that knows how to win and played for Simeone. Maybe he's tired of Simeone. Who knows? But he will be on his way to Houston. Yeah, that's close proximity to Mexico, as we all know. I when I one of my conversations with Pat Odstad a couple of weeks ago, he alluded to that. You know, I said, Well, what kind of players are you going after? Because I I I was teasing what is it, Mendelssohn on on his uh it was his name, Asher. And and he he had made a statement about, oh, we've discovered Brazil has players. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, come on, just have some thick skin here if you hear this. That was kind of, the way it came off, it was just like, you know, yeah, we know Brazil's good. But um, this is a good move. But Pat had, had alluded to it. He got, wanted to try and go after a high-profile Mexican. Uh, Hector is still in his early 30s. Got some, he's got some life left there. Let's see how that all works out. Looking forward to that. Also announced in Germany in regards to John Brooks. John Brooks will be leaving Wolfsburg at the end of the summer or at the beginning of the summer. It's, I don't know if it's a, here's your hat, what's your hurry, get the hell out the door. But that's five years, you know, with the same club. Always a consistent starter. He's, he's kind of in the news uh, over here uh, because there's been some, some talk about uh, his leadership qualities and, and was he the kind of guy that uh, Greg Berhalter could, could trust. Greg had taken a little trip over there, by the way. First time, we, last week we were reporting, we saw him in Dallas uh, to catch the uh, Toronto game. But uh, sitting right next to uh, Kenny Dalglish yesterday for Liverpool. So that was cool. Um, I'll get to the FA Cup results in a, in a flash. Uh, I did like going back to the Chelsea, um, the, the, the Chelsea bit. Still asking Tuchel about war, and I loved his answer. He said, "Look, I don't have an answer for you. I'm very privileged. I sit here and I have a wonderful job, and I, I sit here in peace. Stop asking me questions. I have no answers for you." He had to do it, man. He kept asking. He kept asking. But let's let's run through those. The FA Cup, um, Chelsea with a back and forth with Luton Town. Well done, Luton. Uh, Middlesbrough is now officially a problem. Middlesbrough is real. They, they've done this before too, uh, and and they they figured but they've they've just knocked out Spurs and Man United. So let's let's uh, let's be wary of that. Uh, Man City advances. Uh, Stoke loses to Palace, which which Palace was very lucky and fortunate to get Stoke, but it's still not an easy game. Norwich puts up a fight with Liverpool, two to one. I was looking at the lineup, though, and I was trying to figure out what the hell is Liverpool doing? Because they were kind of all over the place. Josh Sargent still contributing. It's good to see. Gets an assist. And Southampton gets the win over West Ham. So West Ham's on a, on a bit of a spill. But Chelsea, uh, let's see. Let me get it right. Chelsea, Southampton, Liverpool, Palace, Man City, and Middlesbrough all advancing. Now, it's a... The weekend is, is, is quickly approaching. We're only about 48 hours away from all this. No, less than 48 hours. So Leicester is going to get leads. So that's Jesse Marshall's debut. That's 4.30. I'm getting up for that, man. Man, I'm getting up for that. It's been hard lately. I haven't really wanted to get up for a long time. But, you know, that's my friend out there. He'll handle it. He'll handle it well. I hope the result goes well. But that's, that's a Leicester team that, that has been up and down. They, nobody knows who, what, who's going to show up. 
But I'll be up for that one. So that's 4.30. Uh, just find it. I don't even know if it's what it's on these days. It's probably streaming or it's on one of the other ones. I don't know. Rebecca will tell me at some point. Liverpool gets West Ham, uh, which I'll, I'll also be paying attention to. Uh, and then if we get... Uh, we get into the meat of all this. Uh, Bayern gets Leverkusen, which is a pretty damn good game. If you're watching the if you're watching the Bundesliga, that's 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 going to be a fun one. Leverkusen always every I say every three years they get their act together and they go on a run and they're hard to beat. Leipzig gets Freiburg. Freiburg took out Bochum on Wednesday, which really you know that's my old club. You know, Ilya is, is my my he's my friend. He runs the club over there and my ex teammate. Um, and Thomas Rice is is the manager. They lose in the Pokal, which is the cup, in the 120th minute. It's one to one, and they take a squirrely goal right at the end at home. It was just oh, for the Bochum faithful, that was just a spear right through you. Terrible. Uh, Real Madrid gets a Real Sociedad. That's at noon. I'm not even paying attention to La Liga. I admit it. I don't care right now. I don't know why. Barcelona's making a somewhat of a comeback here, and they have a, a realistic chance um, to get into third place. Actually, you know, as much as I haven't been paying attention to La Liga, Barcelona's been interesting since Xavi took over. He really has, and I kind of skipped some information there about what's happening, and they're trying to trying to get better. It looks like Christensen's on his way. So Andreas Christensen, um, and it might be, I think the reports are the AC Milan's uh, Frank Kessie are on their way on free transfers to Barcelona, which certainly strengthens the squad. I saw a funny one on uh, uh, Aubameyang and, uh, uh, oh God, he's Hazard. And so it's like 30 or 40 games for Hazard. He's only got four goals in four games. Uh, Aubameyang's already got four. So he's four for four. I think the tweet said, some people adjust quicker than others. No joke there. But look, we always knew, right? We always knew that Javi was going to be special, right? And he takes the trip in the Far East for a while to get his act together. I saw some of those those team speeches in the the beginning. And and he was a little nervous to, to a certain extent, but... Um, his messaging was, was, was clean, but now he's home. He's home. I think he's going to stay there for a long, long, long time. And it, it'll be called Barcelona 2.0, or it should be actually 3.0, because it, it really was Cruyff, Pep, and now Xavi. And it's such a great transition of, of the three great minds in the game. So I, I'm, I, I can't help it. I've never really been a Barcelona guy. I really, I, I haven't. I, I love Messi. I loved it when they had that front, you know, that front, I would say five. And I would include uh, Pedro in that. So it was David Villa and Pedro and Messi, right? So then you had Iniesta and Javi and Busquets. And that, that's six, sorry. But I, have, I usually don't count Busquets because I don't know. Ever since he fell down and he held his face and he looked at the ref and he pretended like he was hurt, I, I don't know. I, I was actually live on Fox when I said, forget the yellow card, take away his man card. That really wasn't a nice, a very sexist thing to say. Anyway, never been a fan of Busquets. It's wonderful of a player he is. I just, I couldn't get over it. So that, I have a hard time bringing his name up. But this is really a, a, a team now that's being reconstructed. And it looks like it's going to be very interesting. 
moving forward. Very interesting. And Sergio Dest getting some high praise from his manager. Maybe he looks like he's going to fit in at all this. So that's, that's good news. Uh, we do have the Sunday show. All right, Sunday. And I'm really lucky. So my wife is going out of town. She's got a conference she's got to go to. So the kids, and I got soccer stuff to do. Um, so it would have been tough if the kids stayed. So being the wonderful wife that she is, she's, she's got uh, her brother coming out to pick up the little ones. And my son's going to be um, heading to California. So I'm on my own this weekend. So when Sunday comes around at 8.30 a.m., Man City, Manchester United. That's kind of one, that's, that's one you wait for. That's one you wait for. And then right after it, I got Barcelona Betis. Now, now keep in mind, Barcelona with a result, if Atleti get a result, which they might, uh, Barcelona could end up in third place. So this is a far cry from where they were when Ronald Koeman left them. And that's going to, um, that, that's interesting to me. Because that's, that's what you want. You want the bounce. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the Leeds bounce right now. And I actually think it might happen. Uh, there might be some bumps in the road there. And, and the, boy, if there are, as well as he handled the press conference today, let's see how he handles the loss. That, that could be rough. A loss to Leicester could make this thing get scary in a minute. And, the, and, and you, you remember, if you, if you were watching Ted Lasso, that was the one name, team, club. You could never get right. Lachester. <laughs> he kept saying, Lachester. Oh, so I, I, I just know that that's going to get, get creepy um, if, if, if in the event that, that he gets a loss. Either way, I mean, there, there's gonna, people are going to have fun with it. And Ted Lasso um, isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, Napoli gets AC Milan. Um, sorry, guys, don't care. MLS is... Um, is underway. Some some good starts, some weird starts. Let me talk you through it. Uh, tr- uh, and and one of the topics that that we've been talking about lately, and I want to throw this out there and and hit me on Twitter if you have an opinion about this. Why? 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 Why is Major League Soccer not doing some sort of version of Monday Night Football? Why not? I actually think, I remember being in the rooms with, in the old days, the ESPN and Major League Soccer, where the, where the brass were like, we're just not there yet. We're just not there yet. And they would fight and fight and they would say, oh, no, no. We, we. And I, there were so many different mechanisms they were utilizing to try and convince people that people were watching when they weren't. But we're finally there. I actually believe that that Monday night property would be something special. I didn't, I, that wasn't really my idea. That's a friend of mine's idea. Uh, that he wanted me to talk about on the show, but I actually think that might be something. Uh, uh, there's something to that. I don't know who would say no to it. You know, one of the things that you you realize, and just put this, you know, try and digest this. It, when every year, you know, the Fourth of July is a big date. It's usually a big date for a soccer team, and all of them want to host. You're only going to get it every other year. Think about that for a second. There's some teams, franchises, I should say, who don't have the ability to put on a uh, uh, fireworks show, but it's usually a good, it's a good turnout. That's the kind of thing that that's the kind of thing that GMs in Major League Soccer argue about. Well, at least they did in the old days. But Monday night, Monday night football, soccer would be um, would be a property that I think could get some some traction. I really do. I really do. That would keep uh, Sue Holden and Alexi Lawless busy. God forbid we have to listen to them for one more day. 
I just turned that into a bad idea. No, I, I think if if you look at Monday Night Football, you would always have, who ran it this year? I'm trying to remember. I, I know they had a guy named Booger. I mean, I don't know who named that kid, but Booger was running Monday Night Football. Every time they'd send it to the sidelines, I'd say, God, man, really? That's just, that's just, no, that's just not, not appropriate. Right, let me talk you through Saturday's games, and then we'll get to we'll get to Sundays. But I'm 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 going to throw it out there. So hit me on Twitter. Let me know if you think that uh, that's a good idea. Monday Night Football, Major League Soccer, and of course you can always converse with me on WhenAllThe11.com. We've started that, which has been really cool. Um, if for those of you who don't know what it is, WhenAllThe11.com is something I started, which is a, a just a, a platform for coaches to communicate with each other. And I've got some really cool things uh, going on. So check that out if you get a, get a chance. We're going to do a couple of retreats where um, 10 people get to come live with me for a week. How about that? Uh, we're going to do those in Europe and we're going to do those uh, stateside. So it, it'll be a scenario where you get all access. You get to go you know, behind the curtain, if you will. Maybe Jimmy Cur- Jimmy's curtain over there in Philadelphia. No, nah, maybe not. Jimmy probably wouldn't want that. Jimmy doesn't like attention. But we'll find, we'll find great opportunities for, for coaches who need to see what it's really like to be, uh, to be a professional coach with all the, uh, the, the, the stresses and complications that go along with that job, especially in Major League Soccer. It's harder than it looks, guys. It's harder than it looks. All right, so Dallas gets, um, gets uh, New England. For, who, for whatever reason, these are all backwards. We're doing the... the um, so somebody that's doing the... the having the idea of Monday Night Football is throwing the football schedule at me saying Dallas at New England. So it's New England gets Dallas. Toronto gets Red Bulls. That'll be interesting for Bob Bradley and his crew. Uh, Dynamo uh, gets Kansas City, which is very interesting for, you know, Peter Vermes and Paulo Nagamaro. They used to work together. Uh, Montreal and, and Philadelphia Union, not so sexy. San Jose hosts... Columbus. If you're not paying attention to Almeida, Almeida is, is, I don't know. He's just aging right in front of our eyes. The bags under his, his, his eyes are getting worse and worse. The complaining gets more and more. They lost their opener against New York. They're getting criticized in, in multiple ways. There's reports that, 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 uh, Almeida is, um, Going into the crowd and yelling at, uh, at at people that are heckling him, which is which is never a good sign. And the report is coming out now that that the person that was heckling him is saying that he's only in it for the money. So he actually addressed that today, saying, "I've made more money other places than this one. So why why how can you say that?" It was very complimentary of of other managers' ownership uh, in that in that. Uh, press conference. So it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, man, he is just keeps trying to figure out a way. What do I have to say to get fired? And Chris Leach is, uh, is over there trying to hold the fort down. It's just, it's just one of those things. And I'll say this, I said it before, uh, his methodology and the way he talks to, to players through a translator still after four years, it doesn't work in America. It doesn't. You can't, you can't go into the media and say, I'm not happy with my team because I didn't select these guys. Newsflash, your guys aren't going to want to play for you anymore to keep doing that. That works in Mexico. It doesn't work here. Just try and understand that part. 
So it, it looks like Almeida's talking his way out of a job. Orlando gets uh, gets uh, a trip to Chicago, which which could be very good. Colorado trying to bounce after their uh, their loss to LAFC it was the uh, Carlos Vela show. DC had a great win uh, in their first outing with uh, Charlotte, and now they get the they and that was one of the worst teams, and now they get the worst team, but they have to go to Cincy to try and make it happen. Kind of rooting for Pat Noonan there, Pat. Uh, Good dude. Good dude. He took that one on the chin. Five nothing. Yikes. Um, Nashville takes a, yeah, a trip to Minnesota. Uh, and after their last week, uh, to be fair, I mean, to take out Seattle, uh, in Seattle, that's that's one hell of a deal. So we'll see how Gary Smith's uh, uh, team handles it, that one. And it just, it's, you know, Adrian is, is, is also, you know, a fantastic manager. Uh, who always seems to 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 really get his guys fired up. So, so Minnesota is always a tough trip, just as tough, if not tougher, than Seattle. Seattle's got to go to to uh, Pablo Mastroianni's uh, RSL. Uh, the Sounders came out of the gate, sputtered a little bit, so they lost their their first one at home, which is you know I, I haven't checked yet. It, that has to be the first time in a long time, going well but well into the Ziggy Schmidt years. Usually they come out fire in the first game. NYCFC, who um, sputtered a bit, but they get Vancouver. Vancouver is uh, is is a team that's always on the watch. And then LA Galaxy have to go to Charlotte. And this is Charlotte's first home game ever. So they get the Galaxy. Uh, the Galaxy had a late winner from uh, Chicharito. And... Um, it, it they looked so, you know I, I went back and watched it I had to not just the highlights but just tried to break it break it down they just look they look like a solid unit back there you know Vanny's Vanny's pretty good at at figuring out how to how to you know defense first that was always his his mindset I remember playing against him when he was with the Galaxy and he had Robin Frazier and Dan Kalichman next to him um so that's you know and that's 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 a game where I think I think the Galaxy can can really you know try to pull away a little bit because Charlotte's bad. They um, I'm not trying to be rude or mean here, but they're just bad. Uh, Austin gets gets another uh, a bite at the apple because they get enter enter Miami, so that's a, a quick trip for Miami to, to on their way to Austin, and then Timbers rounds it up on a trip to L.A. I might try to catch that one if I gotta go get my kids. Uh, my son's going to be playing and how, I mean, I've mentioned this before, but how stupid are the people that put these schedules together? The kids from Vegas have to go to Irvine to play on a Saturday and then Santa Barbara to play on a Sunday. I mean, what, who thought, who pushed the button on that one? You're fired. I mean, really, it, let's just try to think about it. You have Vegas families. To go to Irvine is three and a half hours. To go from Irvine to Santa Barbara, that's three more. Why wouldn't you just put the damn Saturday game in Santa Barbara and let these families kind of migrate their way home? I'm a parent. My kid has got to go to school on Monday, you dummy. All right, I'm done with you. But I don't get that. That is... That's just, it just seems like something that's so fixable. And I don't know who I'm mad at. I really don't. I, I just think that there's just dumb people that, that, that can't figure it out. 
All right, last bit of news. Before, I, I forgot to, to bring it up. I brought up Kessie and uh, Christensen, but there's a lot of um, there's, there's a lot of speculation that uh, Spilicueta will finish his career in Barcelona. So uh, that's that's it for for today. Um, Jesse Marsh, Saturday morning, four thirty in the morning. If you're an American, everybody was uh, all about. Hey, if if we get rid of Triple G, Greg Greg Berhalter, then there's our guy. Uh, it's Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh didn't even want the job. Um, I don't think it was offered to him, and I'm not offering that. But I do think he is in a spot and a challenge that uh, ultimately will really define his his uh, his talents as a coach. Love the, uh, I love the uh, the interview. I love the the, the press conference. He addressed it, uh, all aspects of it. Nailed it. I mean, if you could nail a, a press conference, Jesse nailed that one. So I'm I'm wishing the kids and and Kimmy. Uh, all the best. Uh, just figure, take some driving lessons, please, Kim, before you get behind the wheel. That would be, uh, that's uh, Jesse's wife. I just worry about these kind of things. And it rains a lot, by the way. It rains a lot more than it did in Germany. You'll see. It'll actually hit you in the side of the head, not on top of your head. It'll be the first time that you have to walk around with an umbrella sideways. Because it's just different weather over there. And it will change uh, several times within the day. Either way, uh, start rested up. Get your asses out of bed. 4.30 in the morning to watch Lester uh, and Leeds. That is Jesse Marsh's debut. And uh, please don't root against the man. Don't root against him. Actually, sometimes I, I say that and then I realize there's a lot of people that respond better when you root against him. You know, Zlatan is one of those. He, he embraces it. Please root against me. I will destroy you. God, I love Zlatan. Zlatan, if you're out there, I'll just say it. To me, greatest ever. Greatest of all time. It's unreal. Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think about how many accomplishments that guy has at multiple destinations? It's very difficult to go from country to country and win the way that that guy did. It's the only guy I'll bow down to. Everybody else, yeah, pretty good stuff. though. That's it for me today, though. I'm going to head home because I've got stuff to do. Uh, in the meantime, please, um, in the, it, when you're out there, be good human beings. Take care of each other. Respect each other. Accept each other. That's a good start. And uh, enjoy the weekend. All, all, all good things when we come back on Monday. We'll see you then. Bye.